Educators want to stay fresh with literacy instruction, but are so busy with students, they don't always have the time. All year long, Choice Literacy publishes and delivers the best K-12 literacy practices so that educators can grow their students as readers and writers with choice in literacy. Welcome to the Big Fresh Choice Literacy Podcast. I'm Ruth Ayers. Despite Skepticism by me, Ruth Ayers. It turns out that my dog, Luna, is not so easy to train. To many, this will not come as a surprise because Luna is a German Shepherd. Although sharp, German Shepherds tend to be independent and reactive. I tried to do everything right this past year, adopting her as a purebred puppy and giving lots of attention, positive reinforcement, correction, and consistency to assure that she would be a dog anyone would be comfortable around. We attend training classes and private sessions. Yet, despite all of these steps, she is a reactive dog, often barking incessantly at company and refusing to settle down during meals or family time. I wondered if the goal of being certified in canine good citizenship was impossible. I scheduled another training session in an act of desperation, hoping to put another tool in play with dreams of having a well-mannered dog. During the training session, the trainer suggested I begin hand-feeding Luna. Make her work for her food and you will establish authority and a healthier bond. It will make a difference in her overall behavior, the trainer said. I was skeptical. The trainer went on to explain that her own dog, a well-mannered bomb-detecting dog, was a reactive dog too. Hand-feeding was the turnkey in being able to train her. I breathed a sigh of relief, glad to know that I didn't make Luna reactive. It is just the way some dogs are. She won't always be reactive, the trainer said. It just takes a lot of work for her to learn a different response. Still skeptical about hand feeding, I decided to give it a try for 10 days. On day three, the entire family noticed a positive difference. On day five, we had friends over for dinner. Luna didn't bark and she stayed on her blanket during dinner and continued to stay there while we visited. She didn't jump on anyone while the kids threw frisbees and she came inside when called. Our friends commented on the difference. All of this reminded me of first hearing about using picture books for literacy instruction. It seemed a little silly to use picture books for serious teaching points. I was a bit skeptical. However, I tried it anyway and have found picture books are some of the most powerful teachers. This week, we look at using picture books and Kathy Muir joins me as we discuss this week's content. Ruth, I was so excited when you asked me to join you for this week's collection of choice literacy articles. I had to chuckle because what I found as I read was this was as challenging as the picture book 10 for 10 that we hosted in August. There were so many good books that before I knew it, I had my library app open and I was requesting book after book after book. I'm starting to think we need a segment that's maybe called 
what's in Kathy's library card, because that's what happened here today. So I was excited to start out right off the bat with Mandy Robeck's article, Reassuring Worried Children with Picture Books in the free-for-all section. I think that the book lists on the site are just a gem. And I've really enjoyed some of these newer book lists that people are putting together. And the special thing about Mandy's article is it's the first of three articles where she's sharing a lot of books that help us navigate some of the social and emotional learning that's necessary for kids today. And she does it so well. This collection of books really spoke to me. I think that just starting out right at the beginning with the way she compared Jack's worry and Ruby's worry with her students and open that door for conversation. I think just the ability for kids to put those worries out on the table and to be able to talk together and hold one another up. She just had such an inviting conversation and collection of books here to bring kids into that conversation. And what I also appreciated about this list was I tried to think about it, Ruth, from different levels of students, different age levels. And I felt like there were so many books that could be good, whether I was teaching first grade or fourth grade or eighth grade to have these conversations. And a lot of good, good, good information right here. Christy Rush-Levine has an article about leveraging read aloud. And she wrote this when she was an eighth grade teacher. It's really built around uh, Matt De La Pena's picture book, Love. uh, And she combines it with an article where people are challenging that book. And it just is a way that she opens up a lot of conversation. And I think that's what's making these articles special is that it's not just a a list of books, but it's how do you get kids to talk and think through this avenue of a book? I always learn so much when Christy talks about books anytime, whether it's book club, whether it's one of her articles in choice literacy, whether I'm following her on social media, or I get lucky enough to see her in a space. I always, uh, she just always gives me so much to think about. But what I appreciated here was that she talks a little bit about how sometimes even parents and administrators can start to question our use of read alouds, picture books with some of these older and how she decided to just kind of take a breath in all of that and to become more intentional and to be ready to have those conversations to talk about why this work was important for her students in her classroom. And one of the pieces I was thinking about was, you know, I can remember teaching sixth grade and I felt like it was just so hard in that short period of time to help kids dig into new understandings or to think about text in a deeper way or to um, show them those things that they might see coming up in their independent reading. And I felt like picture books were such a good way to use time to help build those bridges for kids into the more complex reading that they're doing in their reading lives. Yes, Christy's masterful at the way she expresses that and shares it, gives us words to have the conversation to basically defend read aloud in our classrooms. Um, She's also, she was the nudge behind the Choice Literacy Book Club. And we've been meeting for most of the year. um, We've been meeting all year. This this month is So You Want to Be an Owl by Heather Fisher. It's a nonfiction picture book. And I've had so much fun 
reading it and just getting ready to talk a little bit more about it. I'm looking forward to that conversation as well. I have been in the book and back into the book and there are so many great little nuggets within it. So I look forward to talking about it with the group. And I'm also hoping, Ruth, that we'll hear a little bit from the choice literacy community. A lot of the teachers that are out and working with students day to day who may have some things to share about this book or other books like it. Um, Not only can they join us in that book chat on the Padlet, but also on some of our social media platforms, they can join that conversation. Me too. I was thinking about like, how do our members join in on the conversation? And I think the easiest way is to tag us using the hashtag Choice Literacy Book Club. And um, that's part of the way that we connect as a community and can get to know some, some books, some current books that we're using in classrooms with kids. There's a course highlighted uh, this week. It's a field experience course. And so those are designed really for virtual field experiences uh, where there's a lot of observation. I've collected a lot of video in that course and a few articles. Uh, This course that we're featuring is called Picture Books and Older Students. And it's really a, a field experience that is allowing us to have some insight into the depth and power of picture books for older students. It's a great one for people to go through. Yeah, I think there are a lot of things there that teachers will enjoy. And once again, just like we talked about in our last conversation, I just think the ability to go in and spend a lot of time in this course or to be able to just dabble in it for a bit and step out and come back in and step out and try things with kids. This course and the way it's set up provides a lot of great opportunity for thinking about picture books with your older students. Which kind of leads us into one of the articles in our classic classroom section. Uh, Catherine Sokolowski is a middle school teacher and she shares a book list inspired to teach five different kinds of conflict. Love the way that she set up this article where she shares a conflict and then she shares a picture book that she uses with students to help them understand different uh, conflicts that we find in narrative. I love the way she acknowledges right up in the beginning how often when kids start the year with us and they sit down and we start having conversations, they say that they hadn't learned a particular skill or something that we're talking about. And she acknowledges that really they just haven't mastered that concept yet. And the way she uses these picture books that help tap back in to what it is that kids know so they can continue to discuss it as a community and dig a little bit deeper. It just seemed like the perfect way to get started. And I also appreciated at the end, as she said, you know, these aren't necessarily the these five books for this. Instead, you can put your own books in there. She just basically went to her bookshelves and found some that she loved and she thought worked well with her students and shared them with us. Yeah, which is similar to what Stella's doing in her article called Picture Books That Help Construct a Wider Definition of Home. It's this idea of taking what kids know and and together uh, co-constructing an idea of something, of, of a topic that we're looking at as a community. In this article, at the very beginning, Stella writes, at first glance, home seems like an easy topic to explore with children, but the truth is that as educators, we must be mindful that this conversation can be a sensitive one. 
I love the way that Stella is constantly challenging us to just have um, wide open eyes about kids that are in front of us and understanding that experiences are so different and so varied and to be able to honor that through um, just through our expectations and the kinds of books that we're we're sharing. So this book list gives a lot of different perspectives of home. You know, Ruth, you make such a good point. And I think what I love about Stella's writing is it does challenge me, but it also, I always feel like it's inspirational. And Stella's just taking my hand and helping me move further on the road. And that's what she's done in this article. These books she shares, yes, um, I believe... I had to put quite a few of these on my library list, and but I love the way she shares the title, but then she also shares the question that she talked about with her learning community and their takeaways, what they said as they layered this conversation, and that was one of the pieces I really appreciated was I felt like I was really sitting alongside her with her learning community and seeing the conversation continue to grow and layer and get deeper by being able to hear what the kids were saying. And so often, Ruth, I thought not only was this helpful in helping kids feel comfortable with one another and expand their own perspectives, but just the opportunities to read and think deeply and then to turn around and write about some of these things. So many good opportunities just within this one article. It is a gift that Stella gives us because exactly what you're saying, she shows us how her students thinking is getting deeper over time with each book. I love that as well. Um, just seeing seeing Stella crack that open for us is a gift that she's giving us. I highlighted an Encore article. It's one that we published earlier this year by Naval Karuni Cassiano. And she's sharing three books, but she's also giving us guiding questions to use with a class to help kids develop informed empathy. I think it's a brilliant article and one that I was excited to bring back in case our members missed it last spring when, you know, sometimes we're a little busy at that time of year. It's it's a powerful article and one that can really shift conversations in classrooms. You know, Ruth, you make me think it pairs so nicely with Stella's article and what a great pair of articles that might be to sit down with some of your colleagues and read and talk and think about. Uh, One of the things I really appreciated about this article was, once again, I felt like we were back in the importance of talk and letting our kids talk together and figure things out as a learning community. I loved when she said, one small step is to grow curious minds, particularly around rich, inclusive picture book read-alouds and allowing space for students to grapple with, talk about, and learn from the pages. So just like in Stella's article, I felt like the book was the important piece as it kind of centered everything, but it was the kids' conversation and what the community was saying and learning together that really helped propel the group forward. You know, Ruth, thinking about both of those articles and the use of picture books and building those conversations with our learning community, we are still so early in the year. And I really appreciated that you included in this week's collection the video by Haley Whitaker, where she's doing the mini lesson with her kindergartners and talking about the structures of story. 
What I loved was the picture book piece of it. Well, I loved a million things about it, honestly, but I love the picture book piece of it because what she does is in the mini lesson, she's talking to the kids about what their writing plan might be for the day. But then she pulls the picture book up to show them the way other writers write about this same thing. She doesn't read the picture book from beginning to end because it's quite obvious they've read it before. And she just talks through the important moves that the writer made to help kids know how to make those same moves when they go off and get started on their own writing. I thought it was just a perfect example of the way picture books can really empower learning and talk in our classrooms. It's that, and it's a really solid example of a kindergarten mini lesson. I know lots of times I'm looking for powerful examples that just show the structure of a mini lesson. Haley's mini lesson just hits all the right notes for me of what's a solid mini lesson for a kindergarten workshop. I have to agree with you, Ruth. And I think it was that intentional piece. If you, when you watch that from start to finish, you can see how intentional she is in every step of that lesson. And it really makes me think of the article that you have down in the Leaders Lounge that's been added to this collection that Tammy Mulligan wrote, No More Learning Target Drudgery. And I think we've all had our experiences with learning targets, but really what we're all trying to do is be more intentional with our students. And I think that Tammy really brings up some great questions and helps us to think about maybe the way we can turn that over to our students a little bit. So they can also understand what it is that we're trying to do in our in our time together. I admired Tammy's article so much. I know there's a lot of work around you know learning targets, and oftentimes it's something that school leaders are are pushing because it is important that kids know what our learning task is for the day and the way that Tammy takes it and turns it into a conversation with kids and then kids are writing the learning target. It is, it's really brilliant work. It is. And she kind of made me chuckle when she said um, that it actually made her mini lessons shorter later because the kids had such a much stronger understanding. And isn't it so true? Sometimes just turning everything over to the kids makes it all better. it, It does. It definitely does. This week, we feature a coaching minute video with instructional coach, Laura Bigler, and she's debriefing with a teacher after a guided reading lesson. I I appreciate being able to see coaches in action because I think it really helps me uh, sharpen my own practice. Yes, it was fun to watch this after thinking about last week's conversation about Matt Renwick's article. Um, where he talked about using that triple A framework to help him start conversations when things were a little bit tricky. Yeah. And, and, you know, you think about just even doing all of that while you're still trying to get to know your kids. It was a nice conversation to watch and think about. It made me just think about uh, that teacher ownership piece and all the conversations when we sit beside teachers or with small groups of teams. And I appreciated Dana Murphy's article, Peer Observations with a Purpose, because really one of the most powerful opportunities, and I know one of the things I love the most as a classroom teacher is being able to go into other people's classrooms and see the work that they're doing with kids. And then to have the time to talk about it 
And that can be tricky to arrange in a busy school. And I really appreciated the way Dana had worked to be intentional and having this opportunity for them, for teachers to watch some demonstration teaching. And that together as a team, they had kind of talked through and created this uh, checklist, this kind of observation look for sheet that they could use to ground their conversation when they came back together. And I appreciated that the team kind of came together and did that work. So everybody is clear about what it is they want to accomplish in that time and what they want to see. And it really helps ground those conversations and plan some good next steps together. Dana just blows me away with her writing and her writing about literacy leadership is some of the best that I've ever read. I've been working with a lot of coaches this week and I keep pulling articles uh, from Dana. And this one, I just wanted to highlight just to remind our members that there's a lot of oftentimes articles include a download that we can put into play or like for this one, give us a springboard of something to do in our own, in our own schools. And it, it makes it so possible for people. I love that about choice literacy articles. It really is true. There are so many different things in the site that sometimes when you get in there and you see one thing, it's easy to find another and the downloads are a great way to get some ideas to help you get started. And Ruth, you completely uh, cannot forget to remind of all those other little tips. Like at the beginning of this article, when when Dana is talking about her kids and how she asked them to go clean up their room, their playroom, and it didn't go quite as expected. And she had some really good tips for fixing that as well. So you can get (laughs) it all here. um, We have some pretty incredible... Uh, contributors and they're walking the walk. They're in the field, often uh, carrying full-time contracts with schools. And then, you know, they're writing in the outskirt hours of the day. And I, I'm glad that we get to highlight Dana's article in this collection for the week. We're sandwiching this newsletter with some field experience courses. And so the one that we're highlighting here in the Leaders Lounge is supporting independent reading, choice, and stamina. I feel like it uh, is an art and a science to get independent reading, choice, and to build stamina. And so this field experience is a collection of videos and articles that show not, it's not just something to read about, but we can watch it in action about how these things can unfold and uh, play out in classrooms. Yeah, I think this was such a well-timed experience to put into the newsletter. That is, I feel like a lot of times where we are right now in that kids are starting to learn the routines and the way that we're going to learn and work together as a community across the day and that stamina piece and building that engagement and turning that learning over to kids is such an important next step. And a lot of these sections in this course really help you to dig into that a little bit more and think through what that work and that learning and those opportunities might look like for kids. I was in a second grade classroom just today, Kathy, and the mini lesson was about stamina. 
and helping second graders realize that we can build reading stamina and to be aware of it. And I was having a conference with a second grade reader and he was reading this nonfiction book, you know, the oversized ones that are just filled with these great photographs and words are there's captions and there's headlines and there's uh, paragraphs of text. And so he's flipping through his book and it's about bugs. And um, he said, I was asking him, um, he was telling me about the pictures and I was asking him if he reads the words. And he said to me, no, that totally takes all of my stamina. (laughs) Just laughing, um, thinking about like he just um, in this very kid like way reminded me how how difficult reading can be. Like it is hard to decode words and like it just blows my stamina, I think is what he said. And um, so this collection of this course, this field experience course, I just think it's perfect for literacy leaders who are looking to advocate and support independent reading. Um, in classrooms, because it's it's not an easy thing uh, to get get going, but it's definitely worth the work. At Choice Literacy, we know that you want to be an educator who makes students' lives better through literacy. In order to do that, you need access to comprehensive literacy practices delivered in a way you will actually use. With over 150 in-the-field contributors, we understand the pressure to reach a variety of needs and not enough time to do it, which is why we hold true to workshop tenets like choice and share practical ways to plan and deliver literacy instruction straight to the point of student need. You can find links to all of the articles discussed in the show notes or sign up for the Big Fresh so you can have the links delivered directly to your inbox. Keep growing readers and writers by offering choice in literacy.